Rainbow Six Siege gives into China, Wyatt Chang gets a phone, and we break it early on Fallout 76. I'm Tim. I'm Mitch. And I'm Jason. Let's do this. So, uh, hey guys, what did you guys do over the weekend? I watched a uh, dumpster fire of a shit show in the gaming industry. Yeah, there's there was many of them. Do you know mm-hmm. what I did? What'd you do? I uninstalled a game that I've put so many hours into, Rainbow Six Siege. Oh, no. So Ubisoft announced that they are going to make changes to the global build of the game as part of their expansion into Asian territories. I have quotes around my fingers, which means they're expanding into China. And specifically what they're doing is they're putting censorship into the game, changing it. So things such as instead of meleeing with a knife, you're now meleeing with a punch. They're changing the death icon from skulls to like just a guy with an X. Oh my God, because skulls are scary and there's a bunch of art in the game that's getting changed. Environmental blood is getting removed. So like, essentially, they're not doing what most other games have been doing, which is if you want to go into China, you do a different build, you handle servers and you have the Chinese servers have their own censored version of the build. Instead of doing that, they're doing a global version of the game that has the censoring from China for the U.S. version that's been out for years. Well, that's you know, half true. Uh, they are adding all that stuff into uh, the global version of the game, but there is also still a separate build for China. Yeah. Well, then what's the point of censoring? I don't understand. What's the point of censoring? Yeah. Is it- yep. Did they say? So, so they yeah, say they are doing a different build for China in their uh, response on Reddit, right? Yeah. Yeah, they came out on Reddit and they said that they're, they, they are doing a different build. So, like, China does have its own thing. And then that just made the comments on that thread blow up because if you are already going to be putting the dev effort into having two separate builds, then why are you making all these changes for censorship on both? It's not like they're only doing one build. They, they have multiple builds, and they've said that they're doing multiple builds. We are full circle back to Mortal Kombat on the Super Nintendo where there was no fatalities, and when you punch somebody, they sweat. But the Genesis version had full fatalities and tons of blood. Full circle. Yeah, I thought we got I thought we got rid of these uh these people who are censoring all of our all of our media. Like we've worked for years to get rid of get rid of that in the in the United States. People have been people in what well, we we're now accepting it from other countries. It seems kind of crazy. Well, yeah, it's all these video game companies and tech companies alike, they all want that Chinese money. They want to get in that market, so they have to capitulate to whatever the rules are there. Wasn't it you that tell, was telling me that if you want to open your business in China, then you have to ha- partner with a Chinese business that owns like 51% of the company or something? Yeah, it definitely... The last time I looked at it, it was 51%. I don't know if that percentage is still true, but you absolutely have to partner with a Chinese company, some kind of Chinese firm, in order to release your product in China. Who is, did, did Ubisoft say who they were partnering with? I don't know. Because there's probably a company called Ubisoft China or something like that that already exists would be my guess, and they're probably going to be releasing it under that brand. What I don't understand, though, is if you don't have blood in the game and you're still shooting people, well, what's the difference between knifing somebody and punching them if it doesn't have a reaction either way? And aren't everybody in Siege, like, heavily geared? Doesn't it make sense to punch people? Yeah, I mean, like, having the having the knife, like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, everyone has, like, guns in their hands and That's stuff what I'm like saying. that. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a very violent, mature audience-related game. And, like, if it's you... It's a Tom Clancy game. Yeah. He'd be and, rolling in his grave right now. 
Yeah. And they're not only just doing that, they're also removing like there's places that have like little uh, slot machines. They're removing that because you can't have gambling. Yeah, but you can have fucking microtransactions, which are basically gambling. You can also have pallets full of cocaine. Notice that they didn't take that out of the map. Yeah, they didn't take cocaine, even though like, you go to China and you try to, if you had a pallet of cocaine in China, you know what they do to you? Probably kill you. They would execute you, literally. <laughs> yep. It's not, we're not, we're gonna, I'm not being facetious. They would execute you. And so like, this is a, this is a thing, man. Like why, what it, it's pretty easy. It's, it's pretty easy to not have to deal with this problem because like I told, here's my opinion of it. I totally get it. Like as a, as a company who is a global company, you absolutely want all, all the money you can get. Right. So you can't just ignore all the Asian markets, the China, the China market, all the different markets that are out there. It's huge. It's there's, there's literally more than a billion people there. It's fine. So if you want to go to that market, and you have to go to the market, you have to deal with their, you have to deal with their laws. And which means that you have to censor your game if you want to go to their market. But the thing is, like almost every single other gaming company, including, including like Blizzard in the past, you go, you go to uh, WoW in China and everything, like the whole game is different. Like it doesn't have like any, any places like a uh, good example. There's like, uh, you go to the Chinese version of WoW and there's uh, like body parts on the ground. Instead of body parts, it, there's bread and like food products. So it doesn't look as gory or whatever. So the game's... And there's just a completely separate build. And that's fine because that's what they have to do in order to get that Chinese market. But like, I, I don't know why like Ubisoft has just decided that they, uh, they're just not going to do that. They're still going to have two separate builds, but for some reason there's some according to them to streamline time and increase efficiency, which who knows what actually, what actually is going on there. Well, you know what that tells me? Um, it tells me that anybody who likes any other Ubisoft game should be hella worried um, going forward. Uh, isn't full for honor um, an online only game that yes. could possibly have the same treatment? Yeah, but no one plays that game. So, you know, yeah, anyway, but that maybe but. that's why they want to open up to China. I don't know. Isn't um isn't it super risky to open up in China too, like because of IP theft? Yeah, like I mean, you open up a new market, but you could also get your your stuff like swiped. Yeah, I mean, you definitely have those kind of problems when you open up when you open up to China. Although, I mean, specifically for. Uh, like a, like Ubisoft, like the game's been around long enough that if someone's going to steal the game in China, I think they probably would have already done it. So I'm not sure that that's a huge thing for them. The biggest thing for IP is usually with companies that go over there to like manufacture things. There's a, there's always like a bunch of knockoff like iPhones in China, for instance. Or like the Mickey Mouse shit you always see. Yeah, yeah. And it's all just a bunch of knockoff stuff because they have the blueprints in the factory because they have to make the stuff. So they just so go and steal it, give the blueprints to their, their other buddy who goes and makes the same stuff. So, I mean, essentially like all like Ubisoft can do, can easily just reverse course here and just actually have two, two versions of the game. And I think it would quell the problem that they unleashed well, until then I uninstalled the game and I'm not going to buy any more Ubisoft stuff. Well, not even that. The whole reason they even have two versions of the game is probably due to cheating. So they region locked the area. So why the hell have... Why why punish the rest of the world? You know? Um, isn't, like, blood really important to gameplay in that game, though, too? Like, if someone gets murked and their blood spattered across the wall and you can, you can see that and you're coming down a hallway or something... And that should tell you that's dangerous down there. Like, isn't that a gameplay yeah, mechanic? It's, it's so important to gameplay. Now they they said they said blood and then in parentheses environmental. So, which is even funnier to me because if the the picture example they give is like there's a there's a, a painting on the wall that has a blood stain on it that now does not have a blood stain on it. 
So if they're removing that, but then are keeping keeping like physics blood that spatters off like the person, like what's the what's the goal here? I don't understand what like censorship in China is crazy, man. And hasn't Siege been like plagued with balancing issues for like the last couple patches? Like all I do is see people bitching about that all the time. So isn't just like adding salt to players' wounds on top of that? I mean the game the game has actually been a pretty good game ever since they ever since they uh, came back from their initial misstep of uh, like I have almost like 500 hours into that game bought it pretty soon after it launched and uh, like they had something called Operation Health that happened about what was it Mitch like a year after the game released uh, yeah something like that around yeah. there about a year after the game released, they did Operation Health, which fixed a bunch of like gameplay bugs and issues that had been like kind of having that is causing all sorts of problems with the game since launch. And then the game was has what has been a pretty good game for the last for the cat last couple of years. And you know, any game has balanced issues. But I would actually argue when it comes to when it comes to balance, the 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 idea of balance only doesn't really necessarily become an issue until you get to a lot higher levels of play. Like a lot of times you can be like, Oh, that's super imbalanced. But I would argue a lot of times like it's easy to counter things if you just played better. <laughs> yeah. A lot of the thing, a lot of the feedback that I see uh, like going through the Reddit, the subreddit for it, it isn't, isn't more about balance. It's more of their, they still have a pretty buggy game. Um, mm. There are constantly bugs being found uh, that, either don't get patched or might get patched, but then another update will come out and then a previous bug is now, now back again. Um, so, well, I am an avid hater of Ubisoft. Um, the, the only game I've purchased from them is siege and I brought it with you guys and I barely play it. The game I had before that was watchdogs one, which is a horrible game. Um, so I have no problem not supporting Ubisoft, but, the division two comes out and if i see you guys buying it i'm reminding you on this podcast like hey we're not supposed to do that anymore <laughs> let's that say reverse course so good. no like i said i'm not an immutable person if they were if they were to reverse course and say you know what we made a mistake and i we're just gonna change it so that the chinese market gets its own version of the game i would be i would be back on board with that game and if they don't reverse course, you sh- you'd be. I would be worried that that will go into other games. Yeah, especially because multiplayer. It's way ones. more efficient to have only one build, right? If you can just do that everywhere, why not? If they can get away with it. So here's my problem, right? Because there's a lot of people on the subreddit that are like, "Oh, I'm uninstalling. I'm uninstalling, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera, right? But like, here's the thing: you already bought the game, and you already gave them your money, and and and. Siege is the game that you can play without spending any more, any additional money other than the cost of uh, the initial cost of purchasing, right? Like they, they come out with new operators all the time, but you earn in-game currency and you can earn enough in-game currency to buy the new operators by the time they come out to where like what is uninstalling going to do? I'm not uninstalling. Like, like okay, I might not play it as much anymore, but I am also haven't played it in a while because there's been other games that have been out. Like I don't... For me, I don't understand the whole like, oh, you did something that I don't like, so I'm going to uninstall. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. You're not hurting them. Well, I would say if their player base in North America all of a sudden dramatically drops after this announcement, maybe it'll make them pause and rethink what they're doing. Well, it does because that game makes money off microtransactions. They want as many they want as many people logged in as possible with that uh, that option. I just don't think it's going to like drop as big as you think it might. Just oh, I don't know. I, I, I'm like I said, I'm an Ubisoft hater. I, I'll, I'm saying you should just not buy their products. That's why I brought up the division too. Uh, I have, I have zero allure to Ubisoft. Their games are all vanilla. They use the same kind of philosophy. They're boring as fuck. Like, yeah, bring on the boycott. I've already been really kind of a boycotting them for a long time, but so I'm saying I might be I might agree with you that unselling doesn't do anything. I'm saying stop fucking supporting them completely. Not even just for their shitty censorship practices, but for their shitty fucking gaming 
philosophies. Yeah, their gaming philosophies do kind of suck. Like Assassin's Creed Odyssey has pay to win options in it. It's, it's fucking dumb. Even if even if like you don't need to do it, like Devil May Five, uh, a game I really want to play, Devil May Cry Five did the exact same thing, and I'm mad about it. Like it's not going to affect gameplay, but it's annoying that it's there that you can buy the red orbs in the game to like get free upgrades. Well, not free upgrades; you have to pay money for it. But you know, isn't it just a single player game? Why is there pay to win in a single player? Well, there is an Assassin's Creed Odyssey too. You can you can boost yourself to get higher XP. Yeah, because they're. How many dollars did you spend on boosting yourself, Mitch? Uh, I spent no dollars because I don't, I don't adhere to the, uh, what's it called, the microtransaction pay-to-win phone-style gaming regimen thing. Yeah, I agree. And what what happens is though is it's always in the back of your head is if the designers deliberately made certain things certain way to get you to pay money so i like i know that game is is i've talked about before is is the story progresses locked behind the level lock um so it's probably not a big deal if you just do a couple side missions per day a couple hours a day and then do a story mission but if you're like a power gamer and you want to get through it quickly you're gonna have to grind the fuck out of that shit or spend money I don't know. I just find that philosophy to be really annoying and I just yeah. don't support it. It seems like it seems like a lot of these companies are trying to make phone games a thing. Well, they've been doing that for a long time. It's the it's the entire philosophy of it, right? It's like the it's the reason why um Hearthstone is so big and Hearthstone is doing so well. Like it's it's an okay game and and it it plays all right for me. Um but one of my biggest issues with it is that it, you have to be a whale in order to go through and play that game successfully, I would say. right? You have to put in a lot of money yeah. to go through and buy all the packs and buy all the cards and keep your, uh, keep your decks up to date with the new standards that are coming out. And it's the same thing with um, like in-person card games, but there's something there's something said to being able to have an in like a, a physical card, a, a tangible card that you can hold and that potentially has value that you could. Yeah. It's a, there's day, a secondary market with it. Yeah. You can trade it back and you can, if you want to give up your physical cards, you can do that and you can actually retain, you know, get some value out of it. But with Hearthstone, there is no, nothing for you to trade, right? You, you just spend a bunch of money and buy the cards and, and kind of go from there. But it's that, that gaming philosophy and that style of game that companies are coming out with, they're not targeted for the normal everyday gamer. They're targeted for the people that have, uh, have and are willing to spend a lot of money on a game, right? The people that are going to spend $600 plus every time an expansion comes out because they want to have all the new cards. Yeah. I'm not completely anti microtransaction. It's only when it affects the gameplay of the game. So, uh, we'll talk about this later, but like, if it's just a completely cosmetic thing, I don't really care. That's up to you. You know, you want to get, you want to make your character look cool. No problem with me. As long as it doesn't affect the gameplay, but it's when it affects the gameplay, it pisses me off. Um, I, uh, I have friends who play Final Fantasy record keeper and, uh, one friend was telling me that one of their friends spends in excess of $500 a month on that game. And for what reward, I have no idea. <laughs> but apparently that there's a special club in that game. Once you spend X amount of money, they give you all kinds of cool perks, like you're on an airline or something. <laughs> yeah, they give you like a special a special seat at their, like you get a special seat at restaurants and stuff like that. And like, oh, you're paying for the game. You're part of this club, man. You get like free coffees and free phone charging. Yeah. It's flipping crazy. And, but in order to stay in the club, you have to keep spending $500 yeah, yeah, yeah. a month. I like, I've played these games too. Some of them. Uh, I played a ton of free to play mobile games and I don't get the lore. They, they're so flipping boring and there's like no pull for me. So I, it has to be a certain mentality that, that really likes that, that type of game. Um, I think it depends on where and when you're playing it too, right? Because um, like I don't, there's some people I guess that would play mobile games 
at home and, you know, sitting on the couch. And I could, I could understand that if you didn't have a console, um, or if you didn't have a computer, right. And, and mobile gaming was like really the only way that you could play games then. Okay, cool. I could, I can see that. But for like, if you're not in that situation, I, for me, like, I don't, I wouldn't play a mobile game at home, but that's not to say I wouldn't play a mobile game if I'm out, you know, running around, I'm not at home. I have a little bit of time to kill. Like if I was riding, uh, you know, a train or a bus to work, um, and it was like an hour long commute where I'm just sitting there, uh, and I wasn't like a big reader or an audiobook listener, then I could see mobile gaming as an option. Yeah, but would you spend five hundred dollars a month? That's that's extreme. Oh, that's I, like I agree. A, that's it's, a disease. <laughs> I agree. In I'm my not, mind, I'm not you know arguing that part. I'm just saying yeah. for reasons why people play uh, play mobile games. Like what I'm saying is, the mobile the the, the systems behind games that not even just mobile games. This goes to all all games. And I'm not even like arguing for regulation or anything like that. There's people that want that. I don't necessarily want that. It opens up a can of worms that I don't really want to go to. But they are, they put systems in those games to attract a certain type of individual. They are the whales, and it isn't the whales that just have tons of money. Like some of them are people who make same kind of money we do, and but they can't help themselves, right? Yeah, that's true. Or that's what they spend their money on. Yeah. It's like those addictive personality types, like same kind of people that get uh, who like live in Vegas and just sit and play slot machines all day. Yeah, totally. So technically, what? Like, I I think like, you know, in terms of like mobile games in general, like I have a lot of fun. Like, you know, I, I agree with Mitch, like Hearthstone is a is a fun game to play. Like I would never I would never spend as much money as some of these people spend on Hearthstone in order to play it. But. It's a fun game every once in a while, like the puzzle expansion that they just released. That was pretty awesome because you could just go through it single player and you're uh, on your on your off time. If you're like waiting, waiting for something to finish, something to finish. I, I was playing it on the airplane the other day and it's like, you know, it's it's just kind of a fun kind of a fun thing. I think they they definitely have their place. I actually think Nintendo is actually supplying a good disruption to them, though, believe it or not. I agree. With I'd rather switch take my switch. <laughs> I like now I'd rather take my switch to um to kill time wherever I'm going. Like on switch the switch is technically cheaper too than a phone. Yeah, that's true. You could cause how much does a switch cost? Three hundred bucks. Three hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah. If you didn't want to get a high priced phone, just go get a switch and you can play because you just play every single game that's out for Switch, right? And they're all full, fully fleshed out games. You go play Zelda Wings of the Zelda Wing or whatever what? it's called. Breath of the Wild? Breath of the Wing Wild Zelda Wings. It's a really good game. It's a really good game, right? Yeah. But if it was on yeah. a phone, every time you broke a weapon, you had to pay five bucks. <laughs> or it'd have a cooldown of 24 hours. You know, and it's the nice part about the Switch too is that they make it so that for the most part, those games are meant to be played on the go. Um, so where you don't have to have an internet connection. A lot of these mobile games are requiring internet connections, which kind of breaks the whole uh, being able to play it wherever on your phone, right? Like you were you were playing Hearthstone on the plane the other day, but unless you're paying for uh, or get like the the Wi-Fi on the plane, then good luck signing into your Hearthstone account. Yep, exactly. I only had it because I had uh, free free Wi-Fi with my mobile provider as one of their little deals or whatever. But yeah, otherwise, I wouldn't, wouldn't have been able to do that. And it's like, I really think that should be a core feature of mobile games is offline gameplay. Seems kind of weird that that's not something that people demand more. I mean, those those games did... I think we're popular at first when mobile gaming first became a thing before the free to play gotcha games came. Like I'm flappy bird. Is that there's no magical microtransactions for that game. Is there, that was like one of the most popular mobile games ever. I don't think so. And like angry birds they, is another one. Yeah. yeah. And those ones are just, those ones just have ads in them. It's yeah. A different model. Mm-hmm. So I think, like, I think there's my, I, I don't want to walk that back. I think there are microtransactions in the game, but it's like the old school microtransactions where it's like you could go 
you could go and find them if you're that kind of person, but they don't affect the gameplay in the same way as microtransactions do yeah. nowadays, where they're like gates in order to get you to the next thing. I just can't justify paying for digital items that you like, especially for an online only game that will eventually be gone forever. And then like, where's all that money you put into it? Oh, it's gone. <laughs> it's gone. It's, it's not gone. like, I, it's not like it's, you know, Morrowind. And as long as steam's up and Gabe Newell doesn't go crazy, I can still install it 10 years from now, you know, and play yeah, it. Exactly. It's, Oh shit. Uh, Nintendo got rid of Fire Emblem Fl- uh, Fates, so there goes all my goddamn characters. I'm also, I'm pretty sure Steam has a contingency in their terms of service too, to where any of the games that you buy through them, you physically, you like, you own them. So even if Steam goes away, you still have the ability to to own all the games that you purchase under them. Yeah, I think, I think they do. They have a contingency, like technically the game you don't actually own the games according to their terms of service it's a, it's a lifetime subscription um but they have said like it says somewhere in their terms of service that if they if steam ever goes offline they'll make some kind of they'll do something to make sure everyone is able to play their games post steam i can't imagine i i it would probably be if something like that happened it would be like another another company would just buy steam oh yeah instead of them actually yeah. going offline like it's such a huge player base well yeah but then then what's going to happen right ubisoft's going to buy steam they're like well that's not an ubisoft game get the fuck out they're of like, here they buy steam and they're like well we got all these games to censor for china I, I don't think ubisoft could afford steam but i think ea or activision would want it because Ubi- didn't ubisoft just fend off a hostile takeover from vivendi or something barely did they? I don't know. No, oh, I don't know. I think about they that. did. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, Activision would probably want probably want them. Although, like, the only kind of the only kind of games they want to make nowadays seem to be mobile games. Mobile games, and <laughs> before we speaking get into that shit show, drama, right? Yeah, before we get into <laughs> that shit show, just just speaking of like how. Apparently, investors are not happy with Black Ops 4 sales, which is up and up to like 500 million right now. So that just goes to show you how much money they want. I back mean, to mo- back 500 to million gaming. seems pretty good. How many? <laughs> like, that's bad. Yeah, according to uh, Activision investors. Yep. Damn. So it's like now we should have had a billion. Yep. Wow. So. BlizzCon was this weekend. Uh, uh, Mitch, are you the only one who actually had the virtual ticket? Uh, no, I did not buy the virtual ticket, and I'm very happy that I did not. Yeah, because the only thing that probably would have been worth it is the WoW Classic demo, and after seeing all the, the stuff that was lame. Well, okay, so, yeah, they, they did... Um, most of the most of the panels where they announced stuff uh the diablo panel the overwatch panel and the hearthstone panel and i think heroes of the storm were all broadcast on twitch the only one that was behind a virtual ticket purchase was the world of warcraft one so i was a little upset that i didn't get to watch that uh because there was actually some pretty cool stuff that's been announced that i'm really excited for but the the big one the one that i was really looking forward to this year and the one that i was like like making sure that i had uh that i had timed out that i had uh you know my lunch and everything ready and i was at my desk watching the watching the screen to see what would happen was the diablo panel and uh we all saw how that one went how did it go mitch uh let's just say uh, after after the panel, the the panel consisted of one trailer. Um, it was maybe ten minutes long of the, like the thirty minute session that they had scheduled. And immediately after they were done announcing the game, uh, I immediately busted up laughing. Went to the subreddit uh, to see the thread of people's reactions and started laughing even more as it was just a thread of 
F F F F F F F F F F F. Everyone paid respects to Diablo. Everyone's a little bit mad. So they they officially announced Diablo was called Diablo Immortal. Yeah, it's totally a mobile title. Which is a mortal, which is a mobile game, an immortal mobile game. Uh, so this game was in partnership with a uh, Chinese development firm. It's called NetEase. NetEase, and uh, yeah, so they're gonna be they're gonna be releasing a mobile game, and uh, so there's there's a couple things to break down, right? Um, apparently. The so that Netty's company has made other mobile games that look incredibly similar to what was shown at the uh, Diablo panel. Uh, also, the game doesn't seems to have all of its violence settings turned off, so like there's not any like blood in the game or witch doctors, yeah, or witch doctors. There's no witch doctors in the game. It's sort of it's sort of interesting the choices that they're making and it seems like we have yet another company making specific decisions about a game in order to go to the Chinese market which honestly like okay here's the thing I don't the biggest issue with this is not that they're making a game for the Chinese market right um making a mobile Diablo game and and tailoring it to China or the Asian markets, I should say, is is really smart, um, and definitely something that they like should do and whatever. Like it's it's not a big deal. Uh, there, the Asian market for video games on a phone is huge, way bigger than anything in the U.S. Uh, that's, huge. That's where they pay. That's where they play their games. So like the fact that they're doing this is like, okay, cool, whatever. Like that's, that's a thing. The problem is that they, that was the only thing that they announced. That was it. There wasn't anything else. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is it's, I totally agree. I actually like having a mobile game in and of itself isn't, that's not really the problem. It's the fact that they hyped this announcement like it was going to be something else. And there's a lot of, potential sources that think maybe they were going to announce Diablo four or something else. And then it was, then they ended up like either not being able to do it. Management got a shakeup who knows. Yeah. There's, there's been like, so there's been some articles that have come out um, that have said that they were going to be high. They were going to be announcing Diablo and that, that they pulled it. Um, but according to an updated uh, Kotaku article, uh, Blizzard commented and said that was not the case. Now, who who knows if that's true or not? That they could just be saying that at this point. Although I don't know why they would lie about that. It would it would be better for them to have come out and said, "Oh yeah, we were going to announce Diablo, but Diablo Four, but it wasn't ready, so we pulled it." That would be something better to say. Um, yeah, but can they can they say that without screwing up their stock and stuff, like pulling Elon Musk? Well, I mean, that's, yeah, that's the other thing, right? Like, I don't know. They, 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 they hyped up this, they hyped up this, uh, announce like pretty freaking big, um, going into BlizzCon and then they kind of starting in August. Right. Yeah, and then they, yeah. then they dialed it back and they were, they were like, okay, well like, Oh, we, we have four. I think they said they have four different teams working on Diablo projects. Uh, and like, don't worry guys, like things like it takes a long time to make something good and it takes even longer to make something evil or something along those lines. Uh, it's like, okay, cool. Like, so basically you're working on Diablo four. Awesome. Sweet. And a couple other things people. And, and then they said, okay, you know, uh, we hyped this up a little bit too much. You it's, it's not that big guys don't worry about it like oh and by the way if you want to refund your virtual ticket you can totally do that i know we've not that's not something that we normally do but okay you could do that and then they came out and then people were at that point people were saying okay cool like they're not it's probably not going to be diablo 4 whatever um but then a lot of people were thinking uh maybe diablo 2 remastered and then they came out on stage announced the mobile game said nothing else and then walked off stage. 
now as a side note they did announce warcraft 3 remastered so that was really cool yeah that looks looks really good i want to play that yeah definitely gonna play that but yeah i don't know man like they don't even need to here's the thing uh bethesda had their their um announcement when they were when they announced fallout 76 i think it was during e3 yeah they uh elder scrolls blades yeah they did elder scrolls blades that was their mobile game right they did fallout 76 and then they came out and they said hey here's a five second screen with the title elder scrolls 6 of a game that's probably not even coming out for like five years exactly and the crowd went wild over it right and it's not because they they announced anything specific it's not because they went through and and showed gameplay it all they did was confirm that they're working on it and that's that's really all they want the diablo 3 came out in 2012 right so it's been six years since we've had a full-blown diablo title and for uh, a lot of you know hardcore diablo fans that's a really long time um so it's not it's not that they you know don't they shouldn't be making a a mobile game it's that they just know they just need to come out and say what they're working on and i don't think that's going to harm you know stock prices or investors or anything like that they're just confirming like hey yeah we're we're making all of these hiring decisions because people can see that they're hiring for all these development teams for diablo right it's on their job postings and people troll that shit all the time they just need to come out and say, yeah, hey, guys, uh, so we made this, uh, we partnered with this NetEase company, and we're making this sweet uh, Diablo mobile game. Cool. Uh, we got a couple other goodies back in the bag that we can't tell you about, but what we can say is we're working on, uh, you know, Diablo Rise of Ball, working title for Diablo 4. I don't know. <laughs> Diablo Ball, he back. <laughs> ball back, bros. Uh, I Yo, think... Ball. Well, Where one of the things that I E-back. think might be good about the outrage is I, I think the reason why a lot of people are averse to mobile is because of, of predatory microtransactions. And if anything, this could serve as a Star Wars Battlefront type, um, what's the word, controversy, where Blizzard may have had such a plan and in, enacted in, 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 in to have predatory microtransactions and instead, they may still have microtransactions, but they may scale them back to avoid for further controversy. That's that's my what that's what I think, because they haven't really announced their their pricing model or how you know how they plan on making money or if there's a shop or what you know are you gonna be able to buy power ups anything like that. So I would be surprised if if Blizzard now kind of says okay, let's roll the game out, but let's scale back some of these these shop items we wanted. Let's not to like piss other people off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, which they wouldn't have to do if they just said something along the lines of "we're doing something else too, guys." It's just not ready yet. Well, I, I think it's sort of a problem with demographics, though, right? They, I think, some executive or not ex- even not an executive, some marketing person saw the 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 sheer numbers of, of mobile users around the world for various games and just thought that everyone loved it and it'd just be let's 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 announce the game at the convention where people pay thousands of dollars to come and hang out and get with their favorite games and meet people that they also play games with. And like, this is a good idea. Like that's, do you think of someone who misstepped a little bit in yeah. this popularity? Like, I actually think the biggest, the biggest misstep that they did was the audience that they decided to announce the mobile game to like, like, I think you should leave your mobile games for like a press release for people who actually like mobile games. <laughs> Wasn't Hearthstone right? not, I, I don't, I remember Hearthstone not even being announced at BlizzCon. It was announced at some other convention. And at that time it wasn't even a, a mobile game yet. It was just on PC. Yeah, man. Because like BlizzCon is not the place where you announce that kind of crap because BlizzCon is, BlizzCon isn't a, a, you know, a normal convention. It's not a Comic-Con. It's not a Games-Con. It's not a, a E3, E3 where you can go and and you can sit with one, you know, publisher and then say, okay, yeah, I don't really like what they're doing and then walk away and go to somewhere else. BlizzCon is the place where you have hardcore fans that have spent $200 per ticket and hotels and flying out there to spend the weekend to speak with one publisher to get in information on what that one publisher is doing. 
And, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, so Mark Kern, who was one of, um, well, the he, producer, he of Diablo producer of Diablo 2. Two. Yeah, he had a, a really lengthy uh, uh, Twitter post, but in it he basically was saying how he doesn't think that they they understand, Blizzard doesn't understand gamers anymore. And I think I think he kind of has a point. And part of, you know, apart from where maybe it started when Activision took over, but a lot of their things that they've been doing lately have well, yeah. had a lot of backlash. You can see how tone deaf they are with, the, with BFA and its systems. Uh, up until recently now they're addressing it but uh for the first month and a half it seemed like they didn't give a shit like bfa has kind of been a, a shit show of an expansion pack it's not it's not been a like a bad one in terms of like fun factor like it can still be fun it's not it's not wad but it still has it's got a lot of controversy behind it speaking probably more than they wanted speaking of wad uh time walking dungeons are coming back and wad's gonna be it Oh God! Yep. You know, well, I'm unsubbed until the patch comes out. So, 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 but that's a so that's a good point, right? Like, uh, they they have a lot of backlash coming from things that they're doing with with World of Warcraft with this patch, but they're I feel like they're taking steps in the right direction, uh, and they're probably you know it seems like they're actually starting to listen again um, with what they want with with patch eight point one and coming with patch eight point two. Uh, and I think that they did a really, really smart move and something that they didn't need to do, but they included the WoW Classic as part of your active uh, World of Warcraft subscription. And that is not something that, that Blizzard or Activision needed to do. They could have made that its own, WoW Classic could have been its own game and could have been its own you know, subscription. I don't think they would have charged 15 bucks a month for it, but I could definitely see them charging like five bucks a month or maybe adding $5 a month to your $15 subscription. So now you're spending 20 bucks a month for WoW and you get the current version and Classic. But they basically came out and said, yeah, if you're paying for WoW, you get WoW Classic. It's great. Come play. Yeah, I think that was smart. Yeah, I thought that was great. I mean, different marketers probably within the company are coming up with these these things. Is there is there like a battle for the soul of the company going on? Well, it's just like any other company. And, you know, I think people look at Blizzard fondly of that when they were on their own and they, you know, they were the, the company that made Warcraft and Starcraft only. And then they branched out to WoW and then they branched out to Diablo before that also Diablo. And then, you know they had that one game on on the SNES the Lost Vikings like what whatever what happens when companies get that big is they become bureaucratic nightmares and then you you become dislocated from your customers and eventually you know you either stay the king or you don't yeah and that's how i look at it and i think that they're like 2018 is not a very good year for them for getting in touch with their customers and i i really hope that uh, I mean, it seems that they're starting to do it with WoW. Maybe they'll take a heed off of what's been happening with, you know, from BlizzCon for Diablo. Uh, they really need to to get back in and get some good standing with their with their client base because, like, I I understand that they want to move into you know into the Asian market. Ubisoft obviously wants to move into the Asian market too. Like, okay, cool, great, do it. And like, expand your portfolio, make investors happy. When investors are happy, you get more money, and when you get more money, you can make better games. Right? Perfect. But like, don't do that and and lose what got you here. But for me, as a point of principle, though, like, if these companies are going to capitulate to a, a country whose values i don't agree with um you know if i got no violence and or witch doctors and that there's a hint 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 there you guys just want to look that up on your own i don't care um i'm not gonna support that that's stupid and i shouldn't have to because you know and, unless they make a separate you know game of their vision here for north america and it's the same argument that i made i don't know if i brought this up on a podcast before but it's the same argument i made for uh, Sony forcing Japanese developers to capitulate to Western norms, um, which they've been doing. They've been making, they've been, Sony has been uh, censoring Japanese games. Um, even if they don't even come to the West, they won't publish them unless they capitulate to the, to what the, the West wants. I, I don't stand for that either. It's stupid. So me, my, 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 my thing is, will I be playing Diablo Immortal? No. Um, 
based on what I've seen, I, I just won't. Even if it's especially if it's built for the ground up for the t type of censorship that just pisses me off. So yeah, I don't know. That's my stance. I on mean, it. I I think it kind of looks like a little fun game. Uh, I'll I'll probably install it and play it and see how the microtransaction thing works because if it's something that I can pick up every once in a while and and play uh, when I have you know five ten minutes here or there then I can definitely see doing it. Uh, I was already looking yeah. at picking up Diablo 3 for the Switch because that also just came out. But that is... Uh, it was another $60 title for a game that I already have on PC that I was kind of in between whether or not I wanted to buy it and and just so I can play something on the go or you know play something when I'm doing not things. And Diablo yeah, Mortal and Mind, I, I can Yeah, I can respect... I can respect that. The reason why I take just a hard stance on censorship, I think it's because I, I have a unique background. I come from a family of entertainers and my family fucking hates censorship. I've, I've, it's been ingrained in my DNA since I was born. Um, when I found out Nintendo was, was censoring games, I fucking stopped buying Nintendo products and went straight to Sony. And now that I know that Sony's like going to be, uh, forcing Japanese developers to censor their games, fuck them. I'm not buying a PS five. Like I am that vehemently fucking aggressive about censorship. Um, Ubisoft went on that track. I'm never buying a game again. Uh, if 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 it just this thing with Blizzard, if they the whole blood and the witch doctor thing, if that just turned out to be a gaff, then no problem. But if it turns out to be that that's what they're gonna do going forward, fuck them. <laughs> that's how crazy I am about censorship. And I, like I said, I just come from a unique background of enter people and entertainment. So, if that makes sense. Yeah, I get you, man. I get it. Yeah. I have a hard time saying like, I hate like fuck them in general because I mean, they make other games that are so good. I'm so excited for Warcraft three. I'm, I'm excited for it because I never played it when it first came out and I, you never play Warcraft three when it first no, came out. I, I was playing yeah. more Starcraft by that time. Uh, and oh. so it was, I was playing Starcraft. I never got into Warcraft. I, I feel like there's a lot of lore and stuff there that I missed. And uh, so I'm excited to be able to get it and have it look good and play through it and, and you know, figure shit out that I never was able to beforehand, or that I guess that I didn't beforehand. I don't know. That's interesting. It's uh, it was one of my favorite games back in the day. Well, maybe on a slightly happier things. Uh, maybe not happy for some, but I actually had a good time with it. Uh, I played a good portion of the break it early testing application or the beta of Fallout seventy six. Uh, I know Tim played a little bit with me too. Um, yeah, so I actually like the the gameplay is the gameplay is pretty fun. I'm really interested in like the aspects of like building more of like building your city and stuff like that. You said you looked into a lot of the crafting stuff, right? For the weapons, so I didn't get I didn't get into the settlement building at all. Um, beyond just making a stash, making a couple crafting stations, and setting up some turrets. That was it. So, but you can... I've seen people build some pretty cool shit. Like, this guy had a house, and he had, like, eight turrets around it, and some dude, like, ran up to him and, and poked him with the stick. He poked back, and the turrets all turned. This guy, all eight of them. <laughs> oh, my God, that's awesome. Um, so you can actually... You can actually set up like a, a pretty good homestead that's all that's also protected. Yes, you can. Um, my only issue with that, though, and I kind of hope this is something that they will do with the final release, is I'd rather have a full PvP setting where there's no love tap, where you have to tap and they tap back, then you can fight. Um, like in Fallout Four, if I connected a terminal to a turret for example i could tell the turret not to attack so since there's built-in voice in in, a, in, a, in my mind a full pvp game i turn on my voice and i'd see some guy's house and i'd scream out hey i'm passive don't kill me da, 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 turn off your turrets and that would be like okay cool let me go to the terminal okay i turn off turrets and now you're not gonna die like then you turn the turrets back on you right? turn the turrets back on or whatever you want to yeah. do right but the, with the love yeah. tap it kind of removes that kind of immersions for me yeah, I mean, I can understand it though, because when you're at when you're at a low level and you're just trying to do your thing, like it's a good way to add PvP constantly into the game without making it making it just like 
Maybe it's just something that is just a no-brainer, right? Because I think we talked about this before. I thought it was a really novel idea because it's like you get shot at and you're like, oh, yeah, I want to fight. And then you shoot back at him and it's there you go. But um, I do agree with you. I think there should be something kind of like a, you know, like a like a null second Eve. Maybe if you there's like an area that you go to where you want to set up your homestead here. Freaking sweet. Like, well, this is, this is outlaw land. Those areas do exist. I found this area where you you um it was an event area and if you had four people it would set up a civil war reenactment it was a 2v2 battle versus players oh that's interesting so i'm wondering if there's more of that type stuff in the game where it just turns off the the love tap feature for yeah of a better term there's also a a mode called hunter hunted which is a radio station and then it's basically when you listen to the radio station it cues you up you have to wait for four players so it's basically like kind of like turning on a PVP that way, but nobody was doing it. I didn't get tested. No one was doing it at all. So, uh, but one thing I liked about the crafting uh, is the way you got recipes was basically reverse engineering. So if I have a hunting rifle and I want to add more stuff to my hunting rifle, well, to get recipes, I either have to buy them from other players that have actually discovered the recipe and, and they've made a blueprint. So one of the cool things is, is if you know a recipe, let's say it's for a quick mag magazine for like a, you know, quick reload, you can make a blueprint for that and you can sell it to someone who doesn't have it. So I, I went out and I, I put the work in. I, I basically, so what you do is you reverse engineer the plan. So if I have a hunting rifle, then I want to get as many hunting rifles as I can and I need to scrap them. And every time I scrap them, I get it basically rolls dice in the background and you get a chance to get a plan for that weapon. So if I, I put all the work in, I, I scrap a bunch of hunting rifles and I get a hardened receiver, for example, which will up the damage on it, then I can make that into a plan and then possibly sell it. You're supposed to be able to set up your own robots when you're like offline to like sell stuff. So you could like, if you like get in on the plans early and you set up a shop, then you can make some bank. Like a and robot I, that is just your shop yes. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Nice. So those are those aspects are in the game. So I got addicted to like, I wanted to get plans for my 10 millimeter pistol and I want to get plans for my hunting rifle and my pump action shotgun. And I found an area that, that drops those all the time. And I was just going in and grabbing the weapons and scrapping them and then hoping the proc hit. And I got the stuff. Um, but the, the other thing though too with the crafting is um, you might want to invest some points into intelligence because you do need uh, perk cards to have higher um, plans. So you could have the plan, but you might not be able to use the plan without the perk card, if that makes sense. So um, also another thing I like about the game versus Fallout 4 is the sheer amount of weapons in the game are, are way, way, way more than Fallout 4, which is awesome. Um, what's not so awesome for Fallout fans is uh, if you're expecting to like go out and, you know, talk to NPCs. I mean, real, real quick, there are NPCs in the game. I hate how everyone's like, oh, there are NPCs in the game. There are fucking as NPCs. The NPCs are robots and super mutants and a couple other things I run into. Like there's a super mutant that talks. He's, he's not hostile. And he's a shopkeeper. That's a fucking NPC. What they mean is they want human NPCs. So there aren't any of those. Um, Do you think they'll plan on adding those in the future? I think they will. And here's here's what I have floating in my head. Because they say they're going to be supporting the game with free updates. And this goes back to the microtransaction conversation we had earlier. Because they do have microtransaction this games, but it's all purely cosmetic. And they have a challenge system that you can do daily and weekly to gain atom points in-game to buy those things without having to spend a dollar. So that's, that's a, in my mind, a non-predatory microtransaction uh, scheme, not even a scheme, uh, whatever setting. It, it's not pay to win. It's all just cosmetic stuff. And they give you a way to make the currency in game if you want to without spending money, which is cool. Um, wait, what was I going with that? Oh, yeah. So you can do that. And yeah, I don't know. Like, I think what they'll do is if they're going to support the game with free DLC, maybe after the first DLC, the role playing has happened and the vault people have set up their stuff. And now there are human NPCs in the land and now there are human raiders or computer raiders, whatever. Does that make sense? 
like the land has evolved because now we've we've yeah. had enough time to come out of the vaults and all kinds of stuff like so I think they will. If anything, just to add more enemy types to the game. So uh what things that were frustrating to me though, I kept getting this bug over and over again that wouldn't let me loot things. It was a super annoying. Yeah, adult. you were saying that while we were while we were playing it. Yeah. So based off of that, so this beta this beta came out and what the game releases on the sixteenth. Yep. Like in terms of that versus like other games that you've seen with early access, like how ready do you think this game actually is? I played some shit show early access games. It's probably decent. Um, there are some stupid bugs. Some quests are broken. Uh, do not use borderless window. It tanks FPS. Go to full screen. Uh, they need to put a buying key in the game. I think vats might be broken a little bit, but I don't. I can't tell. <laughs> One thing that was really funny that I saw happen to a bunch of streamers is the fact that the in the beta, and to be fair, they've said that this is being added as a, as a feature later. They don't have uh, push-to-talk enabled. They don't have push-to-talk at all. Yeah. So if you turn on your voice chat to be like voice in the area, just you end up talking to random people. And I saw a bunch of streamers just, they're like sitting there trying to talk to their stream, talk to their, to their chat on their stream. And they're, and then, like, all of a sudden, someone's like, oh, yeah, I know where that is. Like, and they, like, made a little friend and went on a little quest with a person. So I actually think that's kind of cool that you can, like, the the idea of, like, talking to other players, I really like. You just need that push to talk, man, because yeah, otherwise I, that's going to get crazy, ridiculous. And I like, to, I like to do goofy voices, and I could totally see myself role-playing in this game f for funsies. But one thing that I, I would need to have happen is I don't want my username on my character. So if I make a, a hick character named Solid Snack, which is the name of the character I did, <laughs> I want his name to be Solid Snack. So then I can, you know, role play a Solid Snack, my stealth character. Um, but they need to change that. But they probably... Yeah, because it's showing your username not the character name that you chose. Right? right, and you can tell they developed this for console first because that's a con that's definitely a console thing. So like good example is Dark Souls on the consoles only just shows your PSN ID or your Xbox ID, but on the PC it shows your character name instead of your Steam ID. That's sort of interesting. Yeah. So that's definitely shows where that was. So they they may add that for PC. I don't know. Um I'm worried about longevity. Uh, the map is fucking massive, and I it's I, I I did not ever get bored. I always had something to do. Like there was always a quest, or there's always a place I wanted to explore. There's always something I wanted to craft at first. Like that's that's the thing about this. This is more of a survival game than a traditional follow game. So if that's not your cup of tea, don't buy this game. I like survival games. I think they're fun. I like them a lot. So like the progression that they have for the crafting and stuff like that is good what's not so good and i think they should tweak this believe it or not or make or make an, a hard mode setting the hunger thirst disease and mutation system is not a bother at all it never i never it, i barely ever got thirsty or hungry i got one mutation and apparently you can cure them i didn't know that i got a mutation that gave me minus 50 percent to energy damage but but gave me 100 percent resistance to energy damage that was the defect which is sweet interesting but apparently Rataway has a chance to take those away i thought they are permanent the way they uh, advertise the game it sounded like they are permanent no they're not you can actually get them removed and diseases are like no big deal so i i actually think those things should be tweaked a little more it's not Make much a little bit harder absolutely because it's not much of a survival game on that aspect in my mind like with the love tap and that like if there was a hardcore server where PvP was automatically enabled and the survival options were heightened, that would be the that would be the server I played on, hundred percent. But so I, I'm not saying they should change the whole game. I'm saying make a different mode. Yeah. So when you're thinking about that, do you think like based off of the way? Because at least when I was when I was playing it, it reminded me a lot of like the, how the quests work and how the events in the map work remind, remind me a lot of destiny and how well, like you go to place to place and you do these quests. Like, do you think that they're based off of how they're in like what you've seen in it? Is there going to be as much of an opportunity for a lot of user generated content? Cause I know yeah. that was kind of one of the key things. Yeah, I think so. 
like especially with the settlement building like if my idea comes off that they have a hardcore server or the pvp is automatically enabled like you can make a raider gang and you guys can set up your camp to look like a raider area and you can be all be dicks and go raid towns and kill, kill newbies and all kinds of stuff like that that is that is that emergent content right there um, but it, with with his current iteration, I don't think that's going to be a thing. So I think they should keep the current mode as is for single people that want to play by themselves. Because here's the thing: you can play this game completely by yourself. I did it most of my time. The only thing I would avoid if you're a solo player is the events, because the events are soloable. But the re- the the time that you have to spend to get the event done by yourself is not worth the reward. So just skip the events and do just the normal quests. If you're in a group, do events because you can get them done quickly. If that makes sense. So, what do you guys? Uh, what do you guys think of the stuff that I've, or I don't know if you have seen it, I guess, but on Reddit um, with the mods that are coming out for it. Well, so it's creation engine. So Bethesda should have known that people were be able to mod certain parts of the game already. Like it literally is the same setup as as Fallout Three, Four, New Vegas, and Skyrim. You can you can still add um, ESP files and all kinds of stuff. So the fact that people are buying the game now is not surprising to me. So doesn't all. that make it uh, a little concerning though? If you're talking about a survival game that it's it's a PvP, you know, you're gonna you're you're talking about wanting to go on a hardcore server, right, and have like these raider games and everything like that, except yeah. for. Now you are potentially in a game where this this raider game that is on this this hardcore server that you're on has modded their thing to make it so that all trees and buildings and stuff like that are are tiny and they can see right through them and and well that would be client side mod so that wouldn't matter well like if you if you mod if you mod the graphics here or your trees it's that's only well, yeah, you're but seeing it's, so it's going to help them be able to see where you're at it's going to help them to be able to see hey you're inside this building that yeah. i can see through and as soon as you walk out they can tw- well get you it's kind of like what happened with uh yeah you know when um there was a big issue with cheaters on player unknown battleground where people were yeah. taking away uh terrain and stuff yeah my prediction is Bethesda is going to lock this shit down before launch. I hope so. That's that's I would my hope prediction because so, that would be a big problem. And then then they'll allow modding on pirate servers whenever that happens, which I I think will happen. And if I don't get my hardcore mode, I'll get it on a private server. So I think I. Quote me on it. I think when the, the the game releases, they'll they'll probably have it locked down. They'll probably have some sort of anti cheat installed that they didn't have in the beta because they probably didn't give a shit about it. They probably wanted to stress test it and get the bugs worked out, right? So I don't know. If not, then yeah, that's a problem. It'll be a problem. But I guess yeah, we'll see. I'm, the things I'm reading um, man, are like they you can open up uh, Wireshark and uh, start griefing people like oh find someone else's ip address and uh send the disconnect signal and bam they get disconnected from the game yeah yeah uh so this is definitely bethesda's first uh for multiplayer game for sure for a long in a long time and they're using that the old creation engine so people who've been mining the creation engine for years and i am one of them if you know the engine and you can fuck with people. So they're going to, ha- they're going to have to lock it down or something. So interestingly enough though, they just released a patch today. And as of this recording, today's Monday, we, we post these on Wednesdays. They extended the beta till tomorrow, Tuesday, the sixth and Thursday, the eighth. So they actually extended the beta and they have a new patch. So who knows they they've could have already locked it down for all I know. But I think this is a, I think this is, if you're a Fallout fan that likes single player games and wants like a good story, I think you should wait a little bit. But if you're into survival games, I think it's worth it. I'm going to get it. I do like survival games. Yeah. So Jason would put a buy rating on this game. If you like survival games with progression systems and big maps. There you go. Um, and the Fallout aesthetic. How about that? 
Like, I think that works for this type of game. I also actually think the rural area they chose, instead of going with a big city, works very well for this. I actually like it better. At first, I was a little uh, not too sold on it, but after a while, it really grew on me. So I like it. Yeah, um, it'll be it'll be a Bethesda game though. It'll be plagued with bugs at launch, so you know what you're getting into. But I don't know. I didn't hate it. I had fun. <laughs> That's probably about the best endorsement they could ever get. You heard it here well, first. I'm endorsing Jason it. Jason doesn't hate it. I don't hate it, but I'm in, I'm saying though that I can see where people would hate it. If they're expecting the traditional fall experience, I don't think you should buy the game then. I just don't. I think it'd be worth not you wouldn't be worth your money. Maybe later on once they add more content to it. Um, because there's already a shit ton of quests, but they're all environmentally stole uh, told quests. So I like that kind of game. I like stuff. I like I'm a big Dark Souls fan. I don't need the story the story flat out told to me. So if I you can go hunting for the story and terminals and memos and hollow hollow tapes and and you know that kind of shit. I like that stuff, but a lot, not a lot of people do. So that's my, yeah, man, that's I was my watching on uh, one guy play on Twitch and, uh, it was, it was really funny because he was maybe five minutes into the game and he was trying to turn off, uh, like all voice chat communication and everything like that, because he was, he was just trying to play it as a, as a single player game. And then as a normal Fallout game, basically, and uh, he wasn't having a good time. You can do it. I soloed the game in terms of difficulty with no problem. But if you're playing it with like, I'm going to get some story, then you better like the environmental storyline. There's because there's not going to be an NPC to tell you anything. A human NPC There's robots and stuff. But yeah, and make sure you're OK with, yeah. uh, you know, people want run around you as well because it's going to happen. Yeah. So here's my verdict. If you like Don't Starve, if you like Ark, you like Conan Exiles, you like Minecraft, you'll probably like this game. If you're looking for an RPG, you probably won't like this game. 